everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. Today we are on episode 14 and we are still in Colombia and we are venturing south of Medellin where we were last week and this week we are going to go on many adventures. So I'm first going to take you into the town of Salento, famous for its superb coffee and extremely tall palm trees reaching up to 200 feet humongous and then we are going to take a trip out to the desert yes there is a desert in Colombia Um, and then we are going to finish off in Buena Vista which actually means beautiful view or good view but it was a village I ventured to unknowingly that I would end up working there on a finca, a farm with coffee and cacao and all sorts of gorgeous fruits and vegetables you can dream of. Um, so think of like oh, superbly rich um, coffee in the morning with cacao, like hot chocolate as well. Like I was just... <gasps> I was in my element, home cooked food on the farm every day. It was amazing. So I'm going to take you to these three places and then tell you about all the adventures in between. And then, of course, some environmental bits so we can, um, as I said, respect the earth and learn how to become more conscious with our choices and everyday kind of habits. So just a little note to say thank you to my patrons who are supporting the podcast and if you do want to sign up and support my work and my greater mission for this earth you can sign up on patreon.com slash catch kate and from there you can read my mission statement and become part of the community and also it's not just supporting this you also get exclusive content like footage And I also post videos of what's going on in the farm. So my current life and how I'm giving back to the earth. um, Such as, well, I was going to say beekeeping, but I've got two beehives uh, now. Chickens. And as of yesterday, I got ducklings. Uh, They were like my little Easter gift. Um, So I didn't have a chocolate egg. I got ducklings so um, very 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 exciting but that's what I do on my Patreon is I actually update there kind of monthly or during the month about what's going on in the farm and how I'm giving back to our planet and just kind of behind the scenes footage of my growing as well so it's not just the, the podcast you're supporting you're actually becoming part of a community and helping all of us together to learn how to respect the earth and that's it so let's get going on today's adventures and I hope you're ready because it's going to be a good one okay so the first town we are venturing to is Salento and I actually took the bus from Medellin and it was quite a long journey from the city but I was so excited to get back to rural farm life and I was on my way to stay in this farm outside of the village Uh, with horses and cows and dogs and cats and just amazing 
Um, so I actually arrived in there on the evening, I remember, and I was on the bus and I had slight fears in Colombia going into the rural areas because, you know, you hear all these stories about like the cocaine plantations and marijuana plantations, all this sort of stuff. And I was like, I hope I'm going to a place that's like safe, you know. And another thing in Colombia, when I arrived up in hostels or hotels, well, not hotels, sorry, hostels or any kind of lodges in the rainforest and stuff, they'd always be like, where are you coming from? Who are you? Nationality? Where are you going? How long are you staying? Like, that was one country where I was questioned a lot on arrival places. Like, they always wanted to know your story so they could track, basically kind of tracking your movements but it is for protection it is for your protection because sometimes and not just in Colombia many countries people go missing and it's actually a very clever way because you know at least they know your last whereabouts do you know so I was on the bus anyways a uh, really long journey down there from the city because it was all like winding roads and then I got chatting on the bus I was on the back seats with a few guys people some people are actually like kind of nauseous and nearly going to get sick because the roads are really windy like and yeah it was a bit of a it was a bit of a journey but anyway we all kind of bonded over the bumpy ride because I was like oh my god like we were literally falling on top of each other like for 10 hours or something like it was just like so uncomfortable and like they they were saying then you're like next time sit at the two front seats of the bus because you won't be falling all over the place like we were literally sliding across the seats and I was just like I'm sorry 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 lo siento <laughs> oh my god it was so funny but it was so uncomfortable um but anyways we, we bonded over falling around and one of the guys said to me look if you want my dad will drive you up to the town where are you staying what are you doing and like you know I was always cautious like how much information do I share like is his dad going to pick me up and take me away or what so I kind of trusted him and in a way you know he was young like you know he was about 19 or something and he actually helped me carry my bag off the bus and I stood with him in the in the bus stop and it was like eight or nine at night pitch black all taxi drivers and I got that fear again where I was like, oh my God, like, am I literally getting into like a car or something with these people? I don't know. But I was just like, trust your gut. Like, how does it feel? How does it feel? Um, and then his dad came on a motorbike and he was like, look, my dad will take you up first with your bags and then he'll come back for me. And I was like, are you sure? And like, sometimes when you think of things, you're like, is this too good to be true? And like, sometimes it is. And it's all false but actually it actually was like they were actually just being genuinely so nice so the dad picked me up uh with my bags like and they genuinely they put me first like so the guy waited at the bus station for his dad to come back for him like I was like oh my god they're so nice and he was like look I'm gonna drop you off at my house first you can go in there and wait with my wife or my daughter and then I'll go back and get him and then we'll go out for pizza together and then I'll drop you to your farm at night and I was like uh okay do I have a choice uh okay so we drove up the streets of the town and um I, I just kind of trusted I was like I don't know where I'm going but you know sometimes when you're really tired as well you're just like yeah okay take me there so he dropped me off anyways his house on the street and they were kind of like single story houses all lined very colorful 
and he got he put my bags in his living room up on his table and I just was kind of standing there but he left the door open so I thought okay like if anything happens I'll just run out the door <laughs> and I was like can I use the bathroom he's like yeah he's like I'm gonna go back and get my son now he was like my wife or his, his wife and his daughter were there so I was like oh handy like he has a family like I'm not just coming in here on my own and he was the bathroom and then the sun came up and then we all went up the town then he was like leave your bags here and come with us and we'll have dinner together and then and then I'll drop you home later I'll drop you to your place and I was just like okay like I'm probably gonna arrive at this farm at bloody midnight I didn't even know would I get into the farm at that hour because like some places like people go to bed you know it's their it's their house so I was like okay so went for dinner anyway we got pizzas like big huge pizzas and there was like this local cerveceria, like local beer crafted brewery. And he was like, what do you want? And I think he had some affiliation with the business. I don't know if he owned half of the pizzeria or what. But we all shared pizza and we all shared a beer. And we had a cheers and they were like, what are you doing in Colombia? Where are you going? Who are you? And yeah, it was lovely. It was like I was part of their family and they really like welcomed me and they gave me the menus and they were like, pick, pick whatever you want and we'll look after it. And I was like, are you sure? And they were like, are you sure this farm is okay where you're going? And I was like, I think so. And they were just so nice. And he was like, right, I'll drop you up now in a sec because it'll be getting late. And I was like, oh, thank you. And yeah, they were just so lovely. I was like, what a welcome what a welcome and like this was only the first of many beautiful encounters I had with the Colombians like they're just so amazing and then like he was like come on so I'll bring you up so we had that and I said bye to them and just thanked them for their generosity and kindness and I went in the bike on the motorbike with the guy and we drove up to the farm we drove up this kind of like bumpy road for like a kilometer or more we finally like we were looking around and we were gone into like woods now like a very narrow like road but all like woods over our head forest and I was like oh my god like where am I going like you know I was like is this the moment where he takes me away oh my god is it was kind of scary like you know when you start going up those roads and it's dark and you're like I'm goner I'm a goner um but eventually we got to a gate and he was like, is this the farm? And I was like, I don't know, but like, let's check it out. So the gate opened and we went down and like, maybe if there had been no more lights on, it would have been handier. But, you know, it it, it was what it was. <laughs> so we went down anyway and I saw like two people in the kind of uh, reception kind of home area. It was like a farmyard house, so it wasn't really hostile. Um... And I didn't know were these people living there or were they like backpackers? But then I saw people and they looked like backpackers. I saw some Europeans and I went in and I could hear them talking like in English. Um, and then they kind of directed me to who worked there and who owned it. So that was great. And I just thanked the farm, the guy for dropping me down. And he left the farm after and like I never saw them ever again. You know, it's just, they were just so lovely. And, you know, if I hadn't, if I had, you know, if trusting my gut that night and facing the fear of, you know, maybe I shouldn't go with them, like it paid off, you know, and so many times that happened. And I really think it is all key. You need to trust your gut. And, you know, I think that's part of what humanity has lost. Like we, we we're not really in touch with how we feel. 
a lot of the time and we end up in the wrong scenarios and with around the wrong people with the wrong people and wrong friends and not wrong but just you know they're learning um learnings in life but a lot of the time if we can tune into how we're feeling inside we can really know what the right path is and I think something interesting about humanity as well is that you know for many millennia like we didn't have language for a long time like speaking we didn't we didn't have that you know back 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 way back eons ago so like really we were very in touch with feelings and the inner messages that we would receive from our gut you know and there's a lot of neurons between our brain and our gut. So like if you tune into your gut area, whenever you're making decisions or around people, like you can really learn far more than even what the person is saying to you. But anyways, that's another it's another road for um for chatting about. So I basically just spent a couple of weeks at this farm and I went on a few adventures there. I spent many days studying and one thing I noticed in Colombia was their beds were massive. Like I was like, is this my room? Is this my bed? Like the beds were, they were not like single, they were like double beds. And I was like, is that just for me? And they were like, yeah. I was like, whoa, the beds here are amazing. Um, but the farm was amazing. And I met the most beautiful people there. We used to play cards at night. We used to play all these traditional Colombian games. There was cats, there was dogs, there was all animals. And even one morning I helped the farmers like put in the cows. It was so funny. And they even had these amazing like huts out on the valley overlooking the forest. I, w- I was like, oh my God, this place is unreal, you know? So... One of the biggest days out I had was to the Valle de Cocoda, which is like the tallest palm trees in the world. They go up to 200 feet. They're massive. And I did a trek of up to like 10K. And, you know, you can see loads of animals in there. And it's a protected wildlife sanctuary now, thankfully, because in back in the day they would have been cutting down kind of the palms and stuff. And also an environmental note, like candles, like, you know, wax candles, um always be conscious of like where's your wax candle sourced because people aren't aware that where wax comes from you know it can come from the palm tree come from petroleum it can come from beeswax it could come from coconut wax maybe but and also soya and we know how soya is treated you know pesticides and all of that so just be conscious about um that's something I would like to say to people to mention you know if you're lighting candles and you're buying them just check where they're sourced because like besides oil drilling and all of that um soya and palm plantations are just phenomenal like destructor of our earth and her resources and of so many habitats for species so just that's something a side note to think about the next time uh, which are candles and wax make sure it's ethically sourced and I think the best ones out there are from either coconut or the beeswax but yeah but definitely try and avoid anything palm oil or palm wax sourced so these trees are just glorious they're just glorious you stand below them and you look up and you're like holy moly like they're so high tallest palms in the world amazing and the trek was stunning through the forest and just like all different kind of climatic zones and 
just this lush vegetation and then halfway through the trek actually we got to stop at kind of a cacao kind of cellar so we had like a hot chocolate it was absolutely lovely because you know when you're trekking for that many kilometers you do need that kind of bit of um kind of sugar to keep you going and then like by the end of the trek we were just yeah wrecked <laughs> and there was there was so much awe and wonder when I arrived at you know because during the trek there wouldn't just be palms there was all sorts of vegetation but towards the end of it like you really come into the park area where they're just standing in front of you in clusters and you're like oh my god just is this real life just magic and it just like stood below them and practiced some yoga and just kind of had some meditation by them and yeah just a really beautiful sight um and actually it's something if you've got if you've bought my book you will see it in the book I actually mentioned these palms because they're so beautiful but you can also look it up on google if you want the Kokoda Valley um a glorious place to visit and another thing I did in Salento was a horse riding trek through the jungle this wasn't in the Kokoda Valley it was in another valley but kind of less well known but we did it from our farm a day trip and we were about you know six or seven hours on horseback and it was the funniest day because it was actually lashing raining and we were like trotting down the main streets of the town and everybody was staring at us and there we were with our capes in the lashing rain on the horses and the horses like they were half wild I'd say because like I was like whoa you know like going close up to tuk-tuks and motorbikes and like the horse was like flying it and like it was just it was kind of dangerous because like there was guys with food stalls and we were there and the horses like flying down the streets I was like should we be going slower or are we all right but um yeah it's like no rules no rules whatsoever but like we went into the jungle and we just kind of trekked for the day uh like on these towering heights like you know you'd look down at the horse's hoof and on the left of it you'd look down and there'd be just this jagged edge like boom vertically down to the end and there'd be like a, a river valley and you'd be like whoa I'm so high up you know but it was just amazing like you know that connection the horse to the earth to the river and then by the end of it we actually got to swim in these waterfalls and um yeah it was so lovely because you know you'd be roasted and then you just hop in these cold crisp clean water and oh it was just amazing and so refreshing Another kind of experience I had while I was there, I actually was part of an investigation into the farm because it actually was robbed when I was staying in there. And, you know, I always say, like, I will be honest with my stories. And this was quite scary and worrying. But, you know, nothing happened to me, thank God. And nobody was hurt there so thank god for that but the weirdest thing was was that like a load of people had checked out that day and it happened that night so I was actually alone in the room I was in and there was nobody else in the farmhouse only me can you believe that and there was a couple but they were staying out in the farm kind of yard on the other end of the buildings so like I was literally the only person in the house 
when the robber or whoever came in that night and stole the money. Um, but it was like out of a movie, like it was so crazy. Um, but like I was worried, I was, cause I woke. It was weird, like, cause I woke up in the night at about three, four a.m. And there was all these festivals going on across Colombia because it was Christmas time, as I said. So it was massive celebrations. But I knew something woke me up and I thought, like, was I hungry? And I went down to the kitchen and I had a snack or something because I thought, oh, I'm hungry. I'm awake. I had trouble kind of sleeping and I thought, was it the parties? But I think it was probably because there was somebody or some people in the in the house actually stealing stuff so I guess you know as I say about the gut instinct something woke me um and when I got up actually I turned off the lights in the the reception area so like you can imagine reception area where the cash box was cash boxes and the laptops and everything and then I was in the room literally the door next to it um in the same area and then to leave there you'd go out into the kitchen and the corridor but like you know like I could have walked out of there at the wrong time and you know anything could have happened or you know you could say like you know I did turn off the lights like would you know were they in there did they turn on the lights or did I turn them off and they ran away I don't know but like when they were investigating in the morning like the the farm lady came in and she was so worried such a lovely lady um Sol was her name she was just the most beautiful lady from Argentina and she was like panicking and, and you know she was living there with her child and it was just really sad because like obviously that money you know it might have been a couple of thousand but like that would have been so much money in Colombia you know and I just felt so sorry for her you know but these things happen you know and we learn I guess we do learn lessons um, but then the morning then the police came and the investigation team and they were like to me, we need to question you because you're the only person here. Like the farm lady as well, she was staying on the off house at the back of the building as well. So I was the only person. So they wanted to question me and they searched my bags and I was like, I definitely don't have anything. But they were like, oh, it's weird because like they stole the money and they didn't steal anything else, you know. So obviously it was just a quick trip in and out um but yeah and I had to fill out these forms and my name my age all the stuff where was it going but after that like I was like where am I going to stay like I can't stay here tonight like if anything else happens and there was nobody checking in so I was like oh my god I can't stay here but then the investigation guy was like look I can stay here if you want um and the funny thing is like this is this is actually just the truth like that one of the investigation policemen turned out to be a little bit inappropriate we'll say and not only was he providing his protection for the night but he was actually making inappropriate actions towards me so then I even felt even more unsafe because I was like oh my god like the farm has literally been robbed I have to stay here tonight because like how am I going to find somewhere this late in the day um, to stay and there was a festivals on as I said so there was nowhere available and then, like, now I have a policeman or investigator asking me if I need protection for the night that he can hold guard on the accommodation, but also is interested in me in another way. 
So I was like, oh my God, like this is not happening to me. <gasps> but look, guys, everything works out, you know. Um, but it's just, it's interesting, like, you know, so sometimes you can think you can trust the police, but sometimes you can't. Um, so yeah, always use your gut, as I say. That's a, that's a learning. Um, but luckily, luckily, you know, and I always trust the universe. That night at about 9 p.m., I was sitting in the farm and I was just like, oh my God, like I don't want the police even to come back because what he was saying to me and kind of making passes at me, like I was like, oh my God, like, and then these people came and checked in, these German, a German guy and then somebody else and a Colombian couple and that. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. Like, I was like, thank God, uh, people are coming and I'm going to be safe and somebody checked into my room as well and I was like oh thank god there's somebody in the room with me like there was four beds kind of you know so I was delighted I was like I'm safe so yeah so that was it guys so imagine it was part of an investigation but it turned out to be grand and the rest of my days at the farm were spent you know just wandering the beautiful jungle and horse riding and yeah just meeting lovely people you know I met people from Poland there met people from Europe and we just used to have laughs at night playing cards and playing with the cats and having home-cooked dinners and yeah and Soledad like the lady who owned it she was so nice to me and she even gifted me a bracelet when I left because I stayed so long that she just we got really close and yeah she just said like gracias para compartir she was just like thanks for sharing like every morning your beautiful smile and your energy with us and yeah it was so lovely and I really appreciated those days there so yes guys you have to visit Salento okay the next place we are going to is called Tatacoa it's a desert in yeah it's uh it's quite a journey to get there if you're going backpacking and it's quite off the path so before I went there I was like am I do I really want to go here because it's gonna like possibly exhaust me the journey but I did it and I was happy I did it because I was like I want to go to the desert and it was meant to be like an amazing astronomical kind of observational area so you know you're going into a light free light pollution free zone to observe the moon the constellations all of that so I was so excited to go out there and as well obviously see the geological structures of the desert like you know it's another uh, I guess formation of our earth and how she's developed over the millennia so I was just like oh I really want to see the the structures and the labyrinths and the all the different morphology like I was just so interested to go there so I basically stayed in this motel and I was really like nervous before going there because I had no confirmation of the reservation and when I was in Salento like we literally were ringing the motel like every day and they wouldn't pick up and the guy was like look I don't think these families these haciendas they're like farms like they don't have like internet so he was like I think you're just gonna have to go there and like bite the bullet and I was like okay so I did that and I was like a little bit like what am I doing where am I going am I just going into the middle of the desert and like I don't know anybody and there's no internet like what am I gonna do and like I couldn't get any information it was like call this number to reserve and like they wouldn't answer the phone and then the guy who was on the phone he was like yeah 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 we have a bed yeah 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 and I, we were just like yeah he said he's a bed like that was all I knew I didn't know anything about food I had no idea what type of bed 
who these like what what like it was just like do these people even live in the modern age <laughs> um yeah i was i was a bit nervous before going but i eventually got there after about two days on buses all through the night and oh my god i was exhausted when i got there and then i got in a tuk tuk from the nearest town and i was like can you bring me to this place this motel and he was like yeah and again, this was another journey where I was like, oh, my God, like, I hope I'm actually going to the place. And it was really funny because I was like, there was these three guys traveling together and they were the only backpackers I saw, you know. And I remember at the time thinking, like, if I was if I was a person, whether you're male or female, doesn't matter, traveling with two others. And I saw one person alone, like because the, the talk dog driver said they were like okay do you want to go two and two or what do you want to do and the guys were like no we'll go together so the three guys went off on their own tuk tuk and then I went off on one but we were going to the same kind same kind of area same place but they were all the drop-offs were the same place but like I thought at the time I was like perhaps one of them could have come with me just for like because it, it was a little bit sketchy the town you know and at the time I thought you know, because one of the drivers was one of the tourist actually guys on one of the buses was like, you know, you should kind of pair up or, you know, stay together because there's not many people that come out here. And uh, yeah, at the time I thought like, yeah, if it were me and like I was so conscious of that when traveling, if I ever saw somebody alone, you know, because you know what it feels like when you're alone, like you're really vulnerable, like so vulnerable. And like I knew when I was traveling, if I ever saw people alone and I was with a group, I'd be like, come with us, you know, for your safety or whatever. Um, But yeah, but that was just something funny because the guys, I was like, right, you go off together. So and I'll just go with this guy into the middle of the desert, desert, don't know where I'm going. But anyway. That is the price you play with solo travel. But I arrived at the motel safe and sound and it was fine. And yeah, it took them a while to give me a room. They were like, what kind of room do you want? And I was like, what do you have? And oh my God, the levels of the rooms. I was like, oh my God. Like one of them was like a concrete floor with like like a bed. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm not staying here. There was barely a window. But then they actually had rooms out the back that were like single rooms and they looked better and you know, they had a door with a padlock and stuff. So I was like, I'm actually just going to pay the extra and take that because I actually need it after all the travel. So I was like, I'm taking that room for sure. And the guy was super lovely. And he was like, you can get your breakfast, lunch and dinner here because like there was nothing else around. And I was like, OK. <laughs> I was like, I've done all of this just to get to this desert and see the night sky and see all the geostructures. <laughs> yeah, that's the price I pay for my love of the earth. It's so funny. But anyways, look, we got through it and I spent a couple of days exploring on a bicycle, on a bicycle. Like people were like, you're going around on a bike. Like, are you mad? Um, and yeah, they were like, I think you need sun cream. Like they used to be stopping their cars. They're like, I think you need sun cream. You know, the middle of the sea, the blonde hair. It's funny. So yeah, I explored the red part of the desert and the, the darker part of the desert. And it was just amazing absolutely incredible and I like used to walk down these trails and just get lost like I was just not really lost but a little bit um I wouldn't go too far like so I'd know my way back but it was just incredible like absolutely incredible the structures there um how they were formed and just like there's so many fossils there as well it's meant to be like one of the most protected kind of special zones of fossil records like they they kind of are formed into the ground structures there 
the geomorphology it's incredible um so they would have had amphibians they would have had reptiles fish bony fish and mammals you know and these would be preserved there it's really cool so like it's not just a site for like oh i want to see a desert like they also have so much like paleontology research going on they have archaeological research going on so in some of the farms as well they would have old kind of pre um writings we'll say on the walls and stuff that has just been kind of molded in it's so interesting like and it is actually classified as a unesco site so it is protected which is fantastic because we like to see that we like to see our nature sites protected um so yeah it's super important place for uh plant animals and geology and they also have some of the fossils preserved there but they also have some in the museum of geology and mining and yeah i guess it's just to preserve what they've found so it's a very very interesting place and as well at night you can observe the most oh like awe astounding like sights we actually got to view the moon from these like super expensive telescopes and like i was like i can actually see on the moon like proper proper like the rocks like absolutely incredible i'll never forget it i was like is this even real like it felt like looking through that i was i was almost on the moon <laughs> um but it was amazing like you know to feel so tiny in this massive universe or multiverse whichever you like to see it but like we're so tiny you know we're such a tiny part of the whole it's incredible incredible when you observe space and and what's out there to realize your existence is so you know it's kind of special but it's kind of like you realize how tiny you are in this uh bigger bigger system that's going on so like the visual landscapes in this place are amazing and you also have like parrots there and oh my god the parrots were so funny like they were talking all the time so funny and I also met a Colombian family there and they kind of took me in and looked after me. And they were like, are you on your own? And I was like, yeah. And it was a mother and a, and her daughter-in-law and they were like, come with us. So I ended up staying with them for a bit and having some dinner with them. And then they brought me into the local town in their Jeep and they treated me to an ice cream. And they were so lovely. Like, oh, like I can't say enough good things about the Colombians. I just can't. Like, they are incredible people okay so the last place i went to visit was called buena vista so this is located again in kind of the coffee triangle the belt of colombia and i chose this farm that i had found online with some good reviews and it seemed like it was out in the middle of nowhere with some beautiful vegetation and uh, growing kind of going on and then they had cacao and they had coffee and they had all sorts of veggies and fruit and I was like oh I'm going here I'm definitely going here and so I arrived up in the town and I had no idea how to get there and they said look somebody will come up to the village and collect you in a little jeep to bring you down because it's quite a walk a couple of kilometres or one or one kilometer I think it was but like obviously with my big bags I told you I was carrying about 25 kgs like uh, do you know in the heat in the Colombian heat oh my god like I needed that jeep to collect me that day and while I was waiting actually for the jeep I saw this massive church and I was like I'm gonna go to the church 
literally went into the church and the marble I was cold in an instant I was like oh this is so lovely and so cooling and so peaceful and nobody can get me here <laughs> so actually that's a really good tip when you're traveling if you see a church just go in and take cover because they're really nice places to just reflect and just find a space of peace and, and, and the present moment so I ended up staying on the farm for a few nights I was like look I'll stay like two or three nights and again I mentioned before I was doing my environmental science so I was very conscious of you know the places I chose and how I would work alongside my studies you know so I was like you know this is a great time to get some work done because I had been in the desert and there was definitely no internet there at all I don't even think they knew what internet was because they barely answered the telephones out there but yeah I was happy to found a place with a little bit of internet so I started writing up my assignments there and it was just a perfect place because there was this most beautiful views over the valley and you, all you saw was these fincas all around the valley that were doing you know they had coffee growing and just amazing and you know cocoa like chocolate cacao um oh it was just amazing and I was just like this is like the perfect place I used to sit on the patio with my laptop and like the cats of the farm would join me and I'd be like get off my laptop I don't know why the cats love the buttons on the laptop and yeah I used to write up my assignments there so it was really lovely um but then it was so funny the internet actually went like really really bad when I was there and I, I used to have to walk then to the town up the the laneway for the kilometre and find um like it was really steep hill and find a, a coffee shop like and do my study there but um yeah so funny because I was like oh I found a great place for internet but then it was like no the internet is really bad so anyway it wasn't meant to be but yeah it was funny and then like the funniest thing happened to me I was literally like in bed one of the mornings and they had a volunteer there who was um giving the coffee and cacao tours and she was I think she was from Germany or something and next thing she was leaving and next thing like one of the mornings came and they were that's all I heard in my window and I was like who's that and then the owner was like Kate like I got really friendly with them and they were like my family and they were like Kate Kate like you speak like I had some Spanish it wasn't amazing like you know I'd only picked it up on the streets and they were like Kate Kate we've, we've got tourists tours coming in and we've no translator she's gone can you do it and I was like um sure <laughs> I had no idea was I was what I was getting involved in you know I was like sure I'll do it um so anyway it was amazing turned out to be an amazing few days and ended up working there instead of staying there and they were like look you, what you can do is you can stay here for free we'll feed you for free and you basically give the tours and all of that and I was like cool sounds like a plan and great experience and you know me I love learning about all the horticulture and like all the growing methods and the veggies and like the exotic fruits and I was like this is amazing but also like to help them to give back to them and their community and to explain to tourists the importance of the coffee culture and the importance of fair trade and all of that um, because I used to meet like the the guys on the farm working who grew the coffee and like it's really hard like the lifestyle they have you know and I worked with Don Leo who gave the tour so what we would do is we would go into the town and we'd go to the local coffee shop 
and we'd meet the tourists there, the visitors, and then we'd bring them to the farm. Um, so we used to do it like at about 12 or 1 in the day and then it would be like a few hours long. So like we would have our coffee in the village at one of the small caf- cafes and um, Cafe Tinto, I liked that one. Uh, really gorgeous tastes, like these floral kind of taste in coffee. It was so lovely and really potent. So we'd walk down the pathway to the farm and we'd I'd, I'd translate the tour then for Don Leo and I'd, I would tell his story of how he, you know, grew up in Colombia, he's Colombian and um, he how he worked on the marijuana and the, the cocaine plantations and how he fleed from there and he traversed across the country to get away from it and he was followed and like incredible stories. Like I used to love chatting with him at night because like, so interesting like you know the background he came from and yeah just like the hardship they go through like you know because if you do get involved in that trade like how do you get out you know because you might get involved with cartel or you know I don't know some serious people like you know this is a big narco trafficking trade and like he got out of it which was amazing it was an amazing story to tell and I loved sharing it with the visitors because yeah, it was important because they didn't speak any English. So, yeah, it was lovely to share that and really moving story, you know, and we would walk the path and tell his story. And then on the way down the path, we'd meet the local kids swimming in the rivers. And then one day we were walking on the path and we had two guys in from the US. And it was so funny because one of the locals, two of them, they were pulling down this tree. Now, my heart breaks when I see big trees being pulled down, but I think it was half broken from the storm or something, but they were pulling it and they needed help. So like they asked, we kind of had to like help them move it. So we had to get this big like rope and like pull it with them. And like we could have actually died like these trees were like, uh, like massive. And the two like guys on the tour from the US, they were like, I was like, don't worry, lads. I was like, this isn't actually part of the tour. We're literally just doing this because it's just happening in front of our eyes and we can't get down the road with this tree in the way. So, yeah, it was so funny. I actually got a video of it as well. Oh, my God. Like, I was like, this is what a coffee tour in Colombia looks like. Um, But, yeah, it was very funny and they enjoyed it. But, yeah, so I brought, I used to bring the visitors into the farm and then I'd show them like you know how pineapples were grown and the avocado trees um the the cocoa seed the uh the seeds of the coffee then we'd look at the roasting methods the harvesting methods um the different areas where all those jobs were done you might get to see the other farmers working on it and you know like Don Leo pays his um workers very well and and, you know they had good dinners like I used to eat the dinners with them on the patio but like in the other farms like you know it's really hard you know they sleep in corridors 10 or 12 of them up on top of each other and like they get paid like maybe a dollar a day I don't know not even and oh it's really hard working conditions so please if you are a coffee drinker please choose fair trade please for the sake of the people you know it's so important like there's a reason why you're buying that 99 cent stuff you know that's processed like it's not even oh it's not proper like you know um so as i always say like the minute you pick up something a product you're you're actually impacting a whole line of people and places and things you know so be just conscious be a conscious shopper
but yeah my experience on the farm was just amazing it's something I'll never forget and I actually the first day I arrived I was a little bit sick after the desert because I think the climatic differences and the, the trip I just fell a bit ill and they looked after me so well they gave me dinners they uh, I, I used to learn so much you know the we used to have papayas then we used to cut them off the trees and bring them in and make, make smoothies and so lovely and even when I was leaving like they were so nice they like arranged for my transport they gave me like a packed lunch on my leaving day I just like I didn't want to leave there at all I was like I want to stay here forever and then like we we both wrote reviews for each other online and I made sure that like they got really good review from me and I also recommended all other like travelers that I met to go and stay with them and um, because they were just the most beautiful family and I also bought coffee from them and brought it with me on my trip. And she also gave me like this um, uh, thing for filtering the coffee that I could take with me, like a hand one. I very, made out of like cloth and you'd filter through the coffee. And um, I took it with me for the rest of my trip and it was amazing. Like So when I went down to Patagonia, when I was in Antarctica, I had it with me the whole time, this cotton uh, kind of strainer. And I even has, still have it now. So if my coffee... Um, my coffee kind of thing breaks or anything I use that and just beautiful memories um and I also did some good work because the the people that visited will say the visitors who helped pull the or move the tree or whatever it was so funny I actually was like really promoting the business and I was like you need to bring this coffee back to the US and like explain to people how important it is fair trade and like supporting local farmers and organic and all of it and they bought so much of it like they bought kilos upon kilos upon kilos and like it was so funny I was there like one minute I was staying there relaxing doing my study and the next thing I was there like working out how many kilos per you know how much price was per kilo and working out the dollar rate and selling all this coffee to local visitors and they were they were delighted with themselves when they left um beautiful experience absolutely amazing so yeah guys they were all my adventures in Colombia I hope you enjoyed them I really enjoyed Colombia like really a place touched my heart it's hard to leave very hard to leave um so I guess just environmentally I, I would just say please watch your your fair trade coffee consumption and also as I mentioned earlier about the wax it might be something you haven't thought about um, I know I didn't think about it for a long time. I was like, oh yeah, a candle. But there's such a story behind all of our products that we may not be aware of that it's actually harming the earth. Um, so yeah, just something to be conscious about. And I wish you all a wonderful day and a wonderful week ahead. And a final note, as always, thank you to the patrons again. You are allowing me to do this work and share it with the world and I really appreciate all of the support you're giving me and all the shares and the reviews and it's a wonderful thing to be able to educate and share the knowledge with all of you and hopefully help you in some way in your life. So thank you again guys, have an amazing day and an even better week ahead. Goodbye for now, ciao!